Hey, entrepreneurs and business owners. If you haven't heard of Zoom already, uh, you probably will. Zoom is a company that is a, basically it's a video and teleconferencing platform or a video conferencing platform uh, that's seen a really large increase in business since we started social distancing, which you can say, okay, that makes sense. Um, based on the situation, you know, we're going to start looking for tools and Zoom is a, is a good solid platform and, and has managed to somehow grab the market. And I'll talk a little bit about why I think that happened versus, you know, there are actually many uh, platforms like Zoom around. Why did they take off versus some other ones? That's not super important to the, the why of it is not necessarily very important to business owners like ourselves um, in, in one way, but uh, it is good to understand what, what the differentiators are. So uh, there's been a couple of reasons why they've been in the news. One is this explosive growth that they've had and also uh, security concerns have come up. And we'll talk about both of those things as well. And this is not going to be about Zoom. Zoom is just a keyword that people are seeing a lot of lately. Um, this is really going to be a discussion of teleconferencing in general or video conferencing in general. Um, and what can we do? Uh, this is the first of a two-part series that I'm going to do. This one's going to be generally, how do we get value out of the platform as small business owners? How do we find ways to get real value for our businesses through video. And then um, the next one, next week, I'm going to get a little more technical, but only in as much as how do we get the best results we can, either from the gear that we already own or from a modest investment. And, and if we have money to invest, where should we put that money? Where should that money go versus... Um, uh, you know, one, one aspect of video to another, where, where is that money best spent? I guess is the, is the way I want to put that. Uh, so this is a great opportunity to learn how to use video and learn how to use this new tool. Um, but it is also really important that we learn as much about the technology that we need to know, but also as much as we can about how to get value for our business out of the technology, because we can video and audio, um, like any high tech uh, component of our business, you can go down a rabbit hole pretty fast. And at some point, you're going to stop adding value to your business and just increase cost and spend time doing something that maybe isn't bringing you value. So how do we how do we balance that so that we make sure that we are getting the value? So it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. My name is Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking those real business principles and using them in ways that fit our business, unique, customized ways uh, that we can use those principles to drive value in our own situation. We're, we're going to basically the principle that we're talking about here is using effectively using the resources we have. Um, and, and in some cases we may not have all the resources and we have to look at that, but uh, there's, like I said, this is going to be a two part series of getting the value out of, out of tele uh, video conferencing solutions. And then also the technical side of it, which is what I'll talk about next week. Um, how do we get the most out of the equipment that we already own? 
So the first thing that comes up when people look at this stuff is, is are these platforms secure? That's been in the news a lot lately. Um, Zoom has been, um, and in large part, I think unfairly um, criticized, and I won't say they don't have work to do, but I do think that um, there's there's a throwing the baby out with the bathwater thing going on here with uh, that particular platform. Um, but are they secure? No, nothing on the internet is secure. So let's just get that completely put to bed right now. Nothing on the internet is completely secure. It won't be at least nothing that we have access to. Maybe there's some super secret government video conferencing at area 51 that is, uh, you know, secure. But for our purposes, there isn't a 100% secure platform. The question for us as small business owners is, is it secure enough for the purpose that we need to use it for? If you're going to be doing a presentation with a client, is it secure enough to do that? And in most cases, I believe that that is a 100% yes. You can follow some very specific guidelines on how do we make this as secure and safe for myself and my participants as possible. But then when it comes to a, down to the risk-reward equation, the reward is going to outweigh the, the risk by a lot, especially for us as small business owners, because yes, we don't have a ton of money to put into um, security and extra firewalls or whatever that on the technology side might be of value, but we also don't have a bunch of, there's not a lot of value in hacking us, right? Because we're not going to have some kind of super secret thing that we're doing that is going to get released at E3 next year or, or, uh, some other, uh, product secrets or trade secrets that someone's going to get a lot of value out of hacking our specific meeting. So there is some risk that, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit uh, when I talk about kind of how to how to deal with the platform itself. But you know, are these platforms secure? Not a hundred percent. They can't be, but they can be. They are very secure, and there are ways that we can help keep them as secure as possible. Um, and uh, in, in the specific case of Zoom, because they've gotten a lot of negative attention around this, they did stop um, all of their uh, feature additions and all of their product development until they have um, patched the security holes that they believe or that they have been brought to, brought to uh, task about. So um, are they 100% secure? No, of course not. But... When we look at them, there are some, are some things we can do to help keep ourselves as secure as we can. And, and I don't want to make it sound like we shouldn't be using these tools. I think we should be using them for a number of reasons. Um, and I use Zoom. So I don't think it's so insecure that it's a problem for my businesses, either one of them. So um, the first thing is don't publish your meeting links. You know, and actually, I, I there's a meeting that I go to uh uh, every week that they published a meeting link and that's really not good practice because then, you know, is someone going to hack it? Probably not, but you could get people who wanted to, uh, post something in the chat that's simply spam for selling. 
Um, again, when you're a small organization or a small business, the odds of somebody meeting bombing you are not very high, right? So, okay, um, just don't publish the meeting link. Just send the meeting link to registered participants or um, for customer meetings and stuff where things might be specifically, uh, might be intellectual property, only invite the people to that meeting that you want to have participate. And both of those things are um, uh, available in most of these platforms. Uh, And also have a backup plan. What if something does go wrong? Don't let that surprise you and make and and put you off your game. If something goes wrong in a meeting, have a plan to deal with it. Whether that's you know if if somebody meeting bombs and they're throwing spam in there and and you can't seem to to get them out of the meeting for whatever reason, um, what is that? How are you going to respond to that? Uh, now all of these platforms, you should be able to you know kick somebody out of the meeting. But if they've targeted you and they have the link, they may be able to continue to get on. So uh, under a different email address or whatever. Um, so just have a plan. Now, I, to be honest, these things, I've never had it happen. Uh, and I think for small businesses, the likelihood of it happening is very small. So uh, while they're out there and they could happen, it's probably not very likely. We'll go through a couple of the video or a few video conferencing platforms that are out there. Uh, obviously, Zoom's out there. People use Skype, uh, WebEx, Google Hangouts, Join.me, and uh, Zoho Meeting are all, you know, kind of a group of the big guns. But there are a lot of other ones, 8x8, and there's some other ones. Uh, One is not necessarily better than the other. I use a number of these on a regular basis. So there's no saying that... uh, oh, this is specifically, this one is better for everything all the time. Um, there's, there are different factors that go into what makes one more useful than another one. And we'll talk about that a little bit. So what is the difference between one of these platforms and another? Uh, before we talk about that, let's talk about what makes them the same. Stuff we all get, Right. What is in every single one of these platforms? Audio, video, screen sharing, and chat are almost ubiquitous. So you don't have to make a choice specifically based on those. You're going to get those features in almost every single case. Um, I can't think of a single platform that offers video content or video uh, presentation or video chat that does not have those four things as as part of its uh, platform. So then we start to talk about what makes them different and how do we choose something for our own business? Um, The first thing you need to understand is what do you need? What is the workflow that you're going to be using on the platform and how is that going to uh, be um, uh, promoted? How is that workflow going to be enabled by the platform that you choose? So if you don't need to file share, maybe you don't need a specific platform. Or if you don't need a full screen video, maybe you don't need a specific platform. Some of the differences that do come up are call-in links. So if you uh, have a scheduled meeting, can people call in so that they can 
uh, on a regular phone if they don't have access to a laptop or a, or a desktop computer. Um, is that a possibility? Um, is it designed for meetings or just video calling? For example, in, in many cases, things like, um, at least in my experience, Skype is very good for video calling and um, not as good for meetings. So if you're going to have 20 people or even 10 people, um, I haven't found Skype to be as successful a, a lot of times because people don't have it. I had a, a, a conference call about a month ago where they really wanted to use Skype for business because they couldn't use regular Skype and I couldn't use Skype for business and connect to them because I, I, I honestly think it had to do with uh, the infrastructure, the, the security on their side in terms of who could join their Skype meetings because it was a Skype for business environment. Um, but in any case, it didn't work. I ended up having to call in and which that part worked, but we couldn't use video chat or anything like that. So uh, there are limitations on some of these things and you need to understand what you're going to need, what you want to use before you can make a choice. Um, full screen video. So this is one of the things I really like about Zoom in particular um, versus the other choices. And I've tested most of these uh, at one point or another. Now they their feature sets changed. So I have not done this research recently, but at the time that I chose Zoom, and this was probably a couple of years ago now, they were the only platform that would allow us to present in full screen video. Most of the other platforms had some kind of mosaic or uh, had some other, it, they would show full screen if you were sharing um like if you were sharing a, a presentation, they would show that full screen and you would be a little thumbnail, but they never allowed you to show the whole camera view full screen, which Zoom does. And, you know, you might not, initially that might not sound too important, but if you're presenting and you don't want to present to PowerPoint, which someday maybe I'll do a, a show about how much I hate presentations by a person that are just basically talking over a, a slideshow um, I don't feel like those are very engaging and, um, I get it. They're much more comfortable for the presenter, but I think being able to stand up in front of the camera with whatever you're trying to, um, do a demonstration of, or in this case, we were doing uh, webinars for, um, our high tech products for directed energy. Those things, um, are much more interesting if you can actually show them working, right. And, and, or, or have them in your hand and talk about it, or just be able to connect with the audience by being present and standing in front of the camera. So uh, Zoom still allows us to do that, and I think that's a, a one of the benefits that I really like, at least having that option. Not saying you have to use it, but having the option is great. Um, most of these, you have to download a client, which means you have to download an application to use. And that can be a barrier when it comes to talking about, okay, I'm, I want to do a Zoom meeting with a customer or I want to do a Zoho meeting with a vendor. Uh, they're going to, if they don't already have it downloaded, they're going to need to download it, get it working on their computer before the event starts. And that's something that as a, as a business owner, 
we need to be thinking about this in advance and say, okay, we're going to ask customers to use this particular platform. What does that look like when they're trying to get ready and they're trying to participate? How difficult is that? And is it something that they can do or, or is it something that maybe that's not a realistic expectation or maybe it's going to eat the first 10 minutes of your meeting time because they're going to sign on. It's not going to work. There's going to be an audio problem because their mic's not talking to their, their software or whatever. And that's okay, but it's something that you need to understand as a business owner. So the next differentiator that I want to talk about is cost. And uh, here's one of the things that I think made Zoom so popular so fast when social distancing became a thing. Uh, they have a free option. So because they offer their base product for free, it's pretty easy to rationalize, hey, well, let's just use that one. And honestly, their free product has a pretty good feature set. Now, as of this recording, WebEx has actually uh, upped their own game and they also had a free option, but it was not as robust and they have bumped that up. And I'm pretty sure it's in response to the fact that Zoom exploded when uh, social distancing became important. So, um, WebEx has a free option. Uh, Zoom has a free option. Uh, Join.me is about 10 bucks a month right now. Zoho Meeting is eight bucks a month right now. Um, Skype is uh, free for a small group of people. Um, and Google Hangouts is shutting down this year, supposedly. Now, that may get, I don't know, I have no knowledge of the Googleverse beyond what everybody else does. They're, they're, they were planning on shutting down Google Hangouts in June um, or this summer, basically. That, you know, are they going to change that because social distancing is still going to be important going forward or because there's something there um, that they can leverage? I don't know. So that may, uh, we may see some changes there, but that one's also free. So, and uh, so some of these have, um, uh, like Skype and Google Hangouts, those are more kind of one-on-one -on -one phone calls, maybe a, a small group. If you're going to share your screen, you don't have a lot of options, um, but you can get through, you know, a, a, a video call with those tools. So if that's what you have and, and they're the the price is right, um, then we can use those to do that work. If you want to have a meeting with presentation and and um, participation, then some of these other tools become more interesting and more compelling. Um, and uh, so some of the other features that they'll have for group meetings is raising your hand, um, responses like clapping um, that are all in a participant panel. So they're not necessarily distracting to the speaker, but they can be used to augment the meeting or, or provide nonverbal participation while somebody's talking. And so that can be really valuable. The other thing that some of these do that's worth thinking about is record. And, um, now you do have to let people know, depends on the state country, blah, whatever laws you do have to let people know they're being recorded. So that's important. Uh, but it is also something that, uh, can be really, really valuable. All right, so how can we use these tools in our small business to get value 
engage with customers. Um, you know, calling people, we've been calling people a long time. We can use our phones. It's the in real life events that we can't have or that we should be avoiding that we need to look at right now and say, how can I do this in a new environment in a new way? Um, how can we stay socially distant and, and still achieve our goals? Now, one thing that's nice about getting into video, um, when we have these kinds of requirements for social distancing is that it does allow us to actually see other people, including those clients that might have only seen us in the, um, you know, when they came into the shop. So how can we, uh, or, or we get value out of that personal connection. And if we can't be there in real person, being able to make eye contact on video is the next best thing right now. So, uh, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for just being able to see them and make eye contact, uh, when we can't be there in person. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on and, and it, uh, along those lines is this is a great time to get into practicing video because everybody's jumping in with both feet and expectations are low because we're not really good at it. Um, you know, we have, there, there's a lot of challenges to doing video really well. Um, and we'll talk about some of those next week, but when you start now and you really, um, you know, I said, everybody's jumping in with both feet, That that's not really true. I guess we're jumping in because we have to, if you take this opportunity to jump in with both feet and say, I am going to do this thing and I'm going to do it as well as I can, given the environment and the situation that I'm in, um, you will be a step ahead of everyone who is tentatively putting their foot in the water because they don't have any other choice. So now is the time to embrace video communication. Um, it has gotten economical and you can do it with, I can almost guarantee that anybody who is watching this video has everything they need to do video conferencing. Now, can we do it better or, you know, of course, but you have what you need to do, uh, to do it and we can get value out of it. So if you take the time and, and spend a little bit of, of, uh, energy learning how to do it and embracing it, you're going to be ahead of the curve when, uh, you realize that we can still use video conferencing and video as a tool in general after the pandemic ab abates and we can, th there won't be any we won't go back to the way things were because things will have changed in our culture, but there are, um, but when things go back to people can come into the store again, uh, you'll still have the benefit of being able to use this new tool effectively uh, going forward. So what are some of the things we can do in real life uh, that we can now push to um, the, uh, the, the video environment. One is workshops. We can do, uh, some kind of workshop, uh, customer calls with presentations, regular customer calls. I would encourage you to call a customer on video if they'll take the call that way 
over any other call media because you get that personal connection. I would even encourage you to do that before, before COVID because it's just a more personal call. Now they might not take it and people aren't used to being on video as much. So, you know, there are some barriers to that, but the more we can use video when we have to work with somebody across distance, the better. Um, so customer service calls, is there something that you can do, uh, in video that you can't do, um, that maybe someone would, would come into your, your location or you would go into their location to perform a service call. Um, and you may still have to have some amount of in-person work, but is there some portion of that work that can be done through video? Um, you know, if we call somebody to fix a furnace, we assume that they're going to come in and have all the parts on the truck, know exactly what to do, fix it. What if that weren't true? What if they don't always have all the parts on the truck and they don't always know that that clicking sound means this when we make the call and report it. But if we could incorporate as the vendor, as the provider, you say, Hey, can you get on a video call with me and go down and show me the furnace and, and let me hear the clicking sound. Um, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is worth, uh, you know, a thousand words times 24 frames a second, right? There's a, a lot of value in being able to do that. One of the things that, uh, for my directed energy business, one of the things that we do, uh, we always ask when a customer says, hey, I hooked it up and it doesn't work. The first thing we do is say, can you take a picture and send it to us? Um, now, I would love to get into having them do video also, but... Um, in terms of troubleshooting, being able to, and, and the importance here being in, in order to provide a good service call, being able to see what they've done and have them, if you're talking about video, now they can explain and point and, and talk about what is happening in their environment for the situation. And then, uh, and then you have all of that data that you can go back and say, okay, now when I load the truck, this is what I need. Or when do we need them to send that unit back to the factory? Um, or can we, you know, maybe they plugged it in backwards or whatever. Um, so customer service calls, is there something that we can do through video that, um, uh, that we couldn't do uh, or, or that would allow us to get more data and minimize the amount of in-person contact time that we do have if we have to send a service person out or they have to come into our store. Um, In-person consultations. So uh, a lot of uh, service businesses spend a lot of time talking to their customers, asking questions. Um, is there some of that that you can do on video? And so if you can, what portion, look at what you, when you interact with a customer, look at what portion of that is done or what portion of that is asking questions, listening to the answers, um, explaining op options. Is that something that can be done, you know, through a video call rather than in person? And then to take that a step further and kind of piggyback on last week's show about creating revenue streams, does that have specific value? Can you take that portion of your, your product offering and create a revenue stream out of it um, so that you can continue operating 
and still have social distance. So those are all uh, just just kind of a brainstorm of ideas of ways that you can use uh, video conferencing to replace in real life events. Um, there, I'm sure there are more for for uh, your specific business and and many other businesses out there. But hopefully that'll get um, get you thinking about what you might be able to do. So let's talk about some guidelines to really get value out of video conferencing. And the first thing is as a rule, it's just a meeting. So run it that way. Um, you know, it's new technology and we're all trying to get a, okay, fair enough. For those of you who are thinking about it, it's not new technology. No, it's not. But the rapid adoption due to the current social distancing standards that we have is relatively new. And there are a lot of people who are new to video and you may be one of them. And so that enters into the concept of we're getting on this platform and now it doesn't feel like the same thing that it would feel like if it was in a conference room. Well, guess what? It, it is the same thing. We're using a different tool. We may not be in the same room. We're not supposed to be in the same room, but it's just a meeting. So we need to just re relax and run it that way. Um, have an agenda just like you would at any other meeting. What, what's your expected outcome? And I don't mean we had a discussion about this. What action? Small business owners don't have time to have high-level strategic planning meetings that don't result in anything. We need action-oriented meetings. And so let's have an agenda. What action do you expect from the participants? You know, what do the team members need to get done? What does a potential customer need to do? What, and, and maybe you don't want to put it on them in terms of, okay, I need you to do this by this. What action are we hoping to get the customer to do at the end of the meeting? That needs to be on the agenda. We need to understand how we're going to get from, hey, how are you? Video is pretty cool, isn't it? To, yeah, I'd like to order 75 of those. Okay, that's our goal. That's business owners. That's what we care about. So um, how are you going to get from that place of getting on the call to getting that order or getting that next thing? If it's a vendor, you know, what, what do you need them to do? Um, what do those people need you to do? The whole meeting may be about what you can do as an entrepreneur or a small business owner to support your team or to support your customers or to support your vendors. So, but it needs to come down to action. What action needs to happen as a result of this meeting? And you need to be clear about that going into it. So from that perspective, it's no different than any other meeting. We just need to know how we're going to get to action. Um, so have that agenda. Test setup. And we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but don't test it with the settings panel. That will tell you if your video works for you and whether or not the audio works for you, but it's not going to tell you what the customer experience is like, what the other participants experience is like. And we want to understand how it works for them. How it works for us is really much less important than how it works for a customer. So uh, make a call to a colleague and test the features and see what works and what doesn't work. Test the features that you expect to use, but also test the features that you don't expect to use in case somebody asks you to use one 
or somebody knows the software very well and uses it with the assumption that you do too. So know your system and test your setup. And that's especially true of the software. Um, be ready to let go. So you don't get in this environment or in this situation, we don't get control of all the environment. When I have a meeting in the conference room, I'm pretty well in control of that environment. But when I have a Zoom meeting or a, a Skype meeting or a go to meeting, I don't have any control over the environment that my other participants are in. I still have control of my environment, I hope, but I don't have control of their internet connection, their technical knowledge, their video etiquette, their office environment. And that could right now, that could be a bedroom. It could be a kitchen. It could be a living room. We don't have a, we might not have any idea what their environment is like and B we don't have control over it anymore. So it's important to understand that that's, you're going to have to let that go because you don't get to, you don't get to fix it, but you do need to have a plan. So how are you going to handle disruptions? You know, do you need to organize your meeting at a specific time of day? Um, are you familiar with the situation for each participant? Now, if this is your coworkers, you may be able to t talk to them just you know, maybe you could just text them and say, hey, what's the environment like where we're going to have this meeting because we're going to have customers on the call. Is that okay? And they're going to say, well, my kids are studying from two to four. Maybe that's the best time to have the, the meeting or, uh, you know, whatever. So understand the environment that your participants are going to be in as much as you can. And, uh, and then set expectations. Now you can't tell customers exactly what to do because we're not the boss of them, but we can set the expectations up front. Hey, we know we're social distancing. We understand that there are times where things might not work like we would expect. If you have a problem, this is what we want to do. You know, here's an email address. You can rejoin the meeting. That's fine. If you need to drop out, have a rescheduling plan. Say, look, if this thing goes sideways because somebody can't get on the internet, what's your, what's your next plan? Have that ready so that it's not a surprise and nobody feels uncomfortable about it. Okay. Um, I talked about it a little bit, know your software, do some test calls. Um, one thing at the beginning of the call, go over the, the features of the software, but do not ask does everybody know how to use XYZ platform? Because the people who don't know how to use it are not going to get one. They're not going to want to get called out as not knowing how to do it publicly. And so they're not going to, in many times they won't say, I don't know how to use it. They're just going to hope that they can wing it. We don't want to put them on the spot. So don't, don't do it. Just say, okay, in the right hand column is the clap icon and whatever and go through the features that you expect people to use. If there are advanced features that other people will use, that's okay. But if you don't need them to achieve your agenda, then don't go over them. They're not important to you. And if other people use them, you can, that's fine, whatever. But, but don't ask if people are familiar, just go over the features that you want. That puts people at ease because they know how to use what they need to, and it keeps them from feeling uneasy 
because you've put them on the spot saying, well, actually, you don't know how to use this tool. Nobody likes to be ignorant. So we don't want to do that. Um, this one's interesting. I, I was doing my notes this morning and I actually violated this twice yesterday. And so um, I would really strongly encourage you to stay engaged. And um, I did this, like I said, I did this twice yesterday. I signed into two meetings and then I turned off my video and muted my microphone. And I was passively listening to the meetings, but honestly, I wasn't really engaged. Now, these were, I don't want to call them social meetings, but they were not me talking to a customer or a vendor or something else. This, this was me, me on meetings with colleagues. Okay. So, this, it, and that's how I rationalized it. But what I would tell you is, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this from now on. If I'm signed into a meeting, if the value isn't there, um, I think you need to decide what you want to do with your time. Because if you're halfway listening to a meeting and halfway trying to do other work, are you really doing either one successfully? And, um, for me, I, I'm just not a multitasker. So I should really have signed off of those calls and gone on to do other things or option two, turned on my video, left my mic muted. And we'll talk about that maybe more next week. Um, and engage with the meeting. Um, and that means look at the camera and pay attention to what's going on. Um, you wouldn't check your email or your phone or, um, uh, something like that when you're pitching to a customer, even if they're talking and even if they're going off the rail, right? If they're just talking about something that doesn't matter, not, it's not applicable, bring them gently back and stay engaged. Um, and, and if it's not something you have control over, uh, you have to make a choice. But at some point, if they're, if the meeting has gone to a place where it's not valuable to you, and it's optional, like the ones I was in yesterday, you really have to decide, you know, maybe my time is best spent elsewhere. Uh, or it could be better spent actually paying attention to the content that I'm, I'm looking at here. And so uh, unless you're having bandwidth issues, stay on camera and keep looking at the camera and pay attention to the content that's being delivered. Um, so that's that's something that I found myself doing yesterday that I thought might be kind of interesting for people um, because it is easy to get into this. Well, I can, I can make this kind of a side thing because I don't want to really hang up because I feel like that might be rude or whatever. Guess what? If there's that many people on the call and it's not specifically going to be valuable to you, the odds of them noticing that you're not on the call anymore are slim. And that being important to any of them I hate to bust your ego, but they probably aren't going to get too worried about it unless they were specifically talking to you or, or your, uh, or the speaker is a friend of yours, in which case you should stay engaged and stay on the call anyway. Um, but probably nobody's going to even know if it's in a, if it's a meeting like that. Now, if it's a, a meeting where you're one-on-one -on -one with a customer, that's where video platforms give us just enough distance to be dangerous where we can say, okay, I can, um, check my email while I'm doing this and still kind of pay attention. We need to get away from that. We need to really keep our energy and our attention on the task at hand because the people on the call are just as human far away as they would be if they were sitting next to you. So that's really important, I think. 
So what can we do practically speaking about, you know, doing video? What can you do in the next couple of, you know, five or seven days while we get ready for next week where we talk about the technical aspects? Do a brainstorm for your own business for a couple things. What what aspects of your interactions that might be hampered now by social distancing can you achieve using a video conferencing tool? And then, uh, and that may, that may actually turn into a revenue stream. And I would encourage you to look at it that way as much as possible. But then also, um, now, once you know what you think you want to accomplish, what features are going to be important to make that happen? And then, start digging into a few of these platforms. Um, you can get into WebEx or um, uh, Zoom with no cost. Uh, Skype is free. The general Skype is free. Skype for Business is, you know, included with some of their office plans. Um, uh, Join.me still has cost. Zoho Meeting has cost. Um, but you can find a platform that you can dig into. And Google Hangouts is also free. But again, that I'm not sure that spending time learning how to use that tool is going to make sense for a small business owner. Um, if you don't already know how to use it and you don't have people in the Google universe that you're going to be talking to, um, that might not be the best thing to, to work with, but test, uh, find the features that you think you're going to need and then start doing some tests, test with a colleague, um, test with coworkers and basically try to break it. Say, okay, I'm going to present to colleague one the customer proposal that I'm going to do next week, and let's go through, you know, here's my introduction, here's my slideshow, uh, or or here's my standing up, making the presentation, the pitch, as if I would uh, do it in person. And then the the uh, your other participant, your colleague, can try the clap icon or try the raise hand icon or say, hey, your audio doesn't really sound that good or um, you stepped out of frame of the camera. Well, if you're if you're a mover, and I know nobody probably ever noticed that I move a lot when I talk, if you're a mover and you're standing in front of the camera instead of sitting in front of your laptop, which I would encourage, and we can talk about that at some point uh, next week probably, um, you may move off camera. You know, if you're pacing a little bit, which might be very engaging, but it could put you off camera. I and mean, we need to be, you need to know where your camera starts and stops. And in the studio here, um, obviously I try to plant my feet during the live stream because I have everything set up, but, and I think I may have talked about this. Uh, no, I don't think, but a spoiler alert for next week, I have tape on my desk that shows me where the cameras are because actually it's quite dark behind the lights. And so I have cheats and I have the same cheats about on the carpet in the studio for the standing area so that I know where the camera frame goes and where it ends. And so you can put things like that together so that you know where things fall apart. And you're not going to know that if you're not testing it with somebody. Go through the whole presentation and then go, okay, what didn't work? Well, you were off camera here or I couldn't hear you when you were over here or whatever. And, um, so you need to try these things with a colleague and just try to break them and see what breaks and then say, okay, well, as it turns out, we need a feature that this particular platform doesn't have. Let's download another platform and redo it and try it out. You know, you've got a few free options that you can go through. Um, and, and both of them, if they have 
if you need a feature that's paid, um, which for small, honestly, for most small business owners, you probably don't need a paid version. I will, uh, I use a paid version of zoom for one of my businesses and I use the free one for beyond 50% because I never needed it. I, I never needed it, but as soon as I need it, I'd be more than happy to pay them for it because I believe so much in, in the value of that particular platform for, for my needs. Um, so, uh, so try it out. And, and that's, you know, that's all I would say for this week in terms of practical action, things to do is if you, if you haven't already found a platform that works for you, dig into what you can use one for, how it can supplement your business, what kinds of uses you would have for it and what features you're going to need and then test it, you know, really tr dig into it and try to break it. And then, uh, like I said, next week we'll talk about, um, specific, you know, technical aspects of, of video that we can do to, to, uh, improve the, the overall look and feel of our videos or the performance or whatever. Um, the, uh, next, uh, oh, in the show notes, I will put links to all of the vendors that I, I mentioned. I don't, I know it sounds like a zoom, I'm a zoom fanatic. Um, at least probably, I, I do use their platform and I do think it has good value, but there are a lot of them out there. Um, there's seven or eight that I'll throw in the show notes, but if you Google video conferencing app, uh, you're going to find a lot of services that provide very similar features and functions and cost points. Most of them are going to rattle, you know, between free and $10 a month for the features that that most of us need on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, uh, if this video was helpful to you, I really hope that you will like it, share it, subscribe to the Beyond 50% video channel um, or YouTube channel. Um, that helps, obviously helps share the message and also helps me know what uh, video topics are important or what uh, video topics are not important. If you have, uh, in, you know, if you want to look at the show notes specifically, uh, there are, um, there will be at beyond50percent.com. And I think the short URL will be uh, b50p.info forward slash UATTR036. Um, so that'll go live later this afternoon. If, you, if you're looking at, you know, any business issue, but uh, especially operating issues, but, you know, in terms of doing video work, um, I've been doing video for the web for since 2015 now. Um, I've got a pretty good handle on it. If you are trying to implement video or you have some ideas about video, but you're not sure how to make them happen, um, please give me a call uh, or visit us at beyond50percent.com or email at go.beyond at b50p.com. Uh, if you have a topic suggestion or you have questions, obviously next week we're talking about video from a more technical aspect. And then... Uh, but after that, uh, the schedule's open. So if you have a specific topic or a question that you'd like to see answered, uh, please feel free to uh, email at q.a at b50p.com and I'd be happy to look at those things. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, stay socially isolated or socially distanced, but don't stay socially isolated. So get on video and uh, uh, start moving your business forward with the tools we have. Thank you very much.